gas prices hit a new historic mark that highlights Joe Biden's failed policies. Twitter releases its crisis misinformation policy led by a purveyor of misinformation. Plus, Joe Biden records a new low among Hispanic voters. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the out-of-control gas prices that are sweeping the country. Turns out that Joe Biden just loves to break records, but they aren't the kind that Americans want to be broken. Record surges of illegal border crossers? Check. Joe Biden did that. Sky-high inflation not seen in 40 years? Check. Joe Biden did that, too but he's not even close to being finished. In fact, this week, another record was set, something the country has never seen before, and it's all about gas prices. For the first time, all 50 states now have an average price of $4 for a gallon of unleaded gas. That's according to a report by AAA. Three states, Georgia, Kansas, and Oklahoma, have all surpassed an average of $4 a gallon this week for the first time, now joining the rest of the country. That's right. For the first time in the history of the country, gas prices have topped $4 per gallon in all 50 states. And the Biden administration has no clue what to do next. The only thing they seem competent about is putting forward policies that they know will hurt the country. Canceling the Keystone Pipeline, canceling oil and gas leases, printing money we don't have, which leads to inflation, which makes efforts such as exploration more expensive terrible foreign policy, which makes Middle Eastern countries less inclined to produce oil, which drives up the prices. All of this under Joe Biden. We were energy independent under former President Trump. And now look at the mess we're in. And here's the thing. Biden has surrounded himself with ideologues who can certainly advance a left-wing agenda, but they have no clue on how to actually solve problems that the American people care about. Here's Biden's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, on gas prices. Is it fair to say perhaps $5, $6? I think they're going to definitely remain above $4 per, per gallon. And you're going into the driving season in summer, which uh, historically, obviously, also creates that upward pressure on prices. Yep. You think $4 per gallon is bad? Well, it's just going to get worse. But here's Granholm during recent congressional testimony. We accelerate the move to clean energy because ultimately a move to clean energy is the homegrown, secure kind of energy that will make us independent. And there you have it. The Biden team doesn't care about rising gas prices. They see it as an opening to push so-called green energy that one, is not green, and two, doesn't make us independent. But that's Biden's energy secretary. How about his interior secretary? What does she have to say about gas prices? Madam Secretary, honest question. Do you believe that gas prices are too high? Senator, I completely understand the crunch that so many Americans are under right now. I I mean, I'm thinking back. I've been driving since I was about 18. So it's I know that we've had other you know, I remember back when there were lines out the gas stations and that kind of thing. Um, I think that 
there that Americans are still recovering from this terrible pandemic, and there are a lot of other world um, events that are making things difficult for all of us. So we've heard from Biden's energy secretary and interior secretary. Surely Biden's transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has some valuable insight, right? Uh, now, there may be other steps that would bring relief in the short term, uh, but we know that when a major oil producing company goes to war, that's going to send shockwaves throughout global economies that will reach us even here at the pump in every part of the U.S. That's the pain that we're feeling right now. And why we're also trying to relieve costs from Amer that Americans face in other parts of their budget. It's why we are acting to lower the cost of insulin. Of course, the Biden team's messaging wouldn't be complete until they blamed Putin, right? And here's one more example. This one from new Biden White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre. And final question on gas prices. Americans are now spending $5,000 a year on gasoline. That's almost double what they did a year ago. Where are people supposed to go to get all that extra cash? To get the extra cash to pay for gas? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've been very clear about is to do everything in our power uh, to make sure uh, that we lower costs. Uh, you know, it is important. We see it. The president understands what the American people is, are, is going through. So did you understand that one? The Biden team has made it clear that they are doing everything they can, except, of course, for the things that would actually lower costs. What a team. But that's Joe Biden and gas prices. All right. Next, let's talk about the latest efforts to combat disinformation. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. So next, we have the left's quest to rid the planet of disinformation. Of course, we all know that this effort can better be described as silencing conservative voices. But the woke radical left wants everyone to believe that this is an actual public service. In the meantime, we saw what happened with Biden's Ministry of Truth, this disinformation board being run out of the Department of Homeland Security. First, the Biden team named Nina Jankowitz to be the minister of truth. Yet she has a history of peddling disinformation. She's supposed to be some kind of expert. And yet she said this. There's already this idea, this allegation <clears throat> that there is anti-conservative bias on the platforms, even though there has been study after study proving in fact that often it's liberal voices that are being silenced, particularly minority voices um, on social media. So I think we're gonna see more allegations of that. It's just nonsense. But the whole effort kind of exploded in the administration's face. The disinformation board is on hold and Jankowitz has resigned. But the effort continues. Twitter has now formed a new team to get rid of disinformation in times of crisis. But once again, the whole idea is to accept left-wing speech and block, ban, throttle, or suspend conservative voices. Here's the story. Twitter's pick to stop the spread of misinformation in times of crisis has a history of pushing falsehoods. Yoel Roth, the head of Twitter's Safety and Integrity Unit, unveiled the site's crisis misinformation policy on Thursday. In a blog post, Roth outlined how Twitter will place warning labels on tweets deemed to contain misinformation and prevent them from being amplified and recommended in times of armed conflict, natural disasters, or public health emergencies. Public health agencies. Think COVID and lockdowns, vaccines, and masks. 
anything that these Twitter police deem misinformation will be shut down. But who is this guy, Yoel Roth? Turns out he's even more questionable than Nina Jankowicz. Here's more. Roth is a questionable pick to launch the policy given his own track record with misinformation. Roth oversaw Twitter's decision to block the sharing of an October 2020 New York Post report on emails from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Roth told the Federal Election Commission he made the decision based on rumors shared by the United States government's intelligence community that the Russian government might release materials hacked from Hunter Biden. There has been no credible evidence that Biden's laptop was hacked or that Russia played a role in publishing emails from it. Former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey later admitted that blocking the article was a total mistake. Roth came under fire earlier in 2020 for referring to Trump officials as actual Nazis in a 2017 tweet. Isn't it amazing that these leftists are put in positions of power to combat disinformation as they spread disinformation? And just an FYI, under the new crisis misinformation policy, Twitter plans to rely on verification from multiple credible public policy sources, including evidence from conflict monitoring groups, humanitarian organizations, open source investigators, journalists, and more. Raise your hand if you have any confidence that those groups would be impartial judges of actual facts. Journalists? Are you kidding me? But that's the latest from Twitter. All right, next let's talk about Biden's sinking approval rating in a key demographic group after a word from our sponsor. I wanna tell you about my friends over at World Fair. If you have a photo of your childhood home, your favorite travel spot, your hometown football stadium, whatever it is, World Fair takes that photo and turns it into a hand-drawn work of art. These sketches make great gifts, moving announcement cards, invitations, and more. So many possibilities that World Fair can do for you. And all you need is a photo. Just use the link in the description and use coupon code BOBBY13 for 10% off your next purchase. So next, let's talk about Joe Biden and his falling approval ratings. We know they are bad and they keep getting worse. But a recent Quinnipiac poll showed that not only is Biden in bad shape with the American people in general, his approval among Hispanics has fallen off a cliff. Here's the story. President Biden's approval rating among Hispanic Americans has plummeted to 26%, according to a Wednesday poll from Quinnipiac University. Biden is less popular among Hispanics than any other demographic, including age and gender, the poll found. The same Quinnipiac poll conducted last year put Hispanic support for Biden at 55%. It's just stunning. 55% to 26% in one year. And that fall shows not only the arrogance of the Biden administration, but it also shows that generations of Hispanics with conservative values are finally breaking away from the Democrats. By arrogance, I'm talking about the fact that Biden and the Democrats think their open borders policy at our southern border is something that Hispanics want. That Biden can target people as being anti-Hispanic for being alarmed at the border crisis. Hispanics are alarmed too, and they don't fall for these bogus racist attacks by the left. And then there's the generational shift we are seeing with Hispanic voters. Voters who have conservative values, but have always voted Democrat. Now we are seeing a major shift and the Democrats are certainly worried. 
Here's more. Young Americans and white men also have low approvals for Biden at 27% and 29% respectively. The president's highest approval ratings are among Americans older than 65 and black Americans at 45% and 63% respectively. Black Americans are the only demographic in which Biden has a positive approval rating, according to the poll. The poll comes days before the Biden administration plans to end Title 42, a Trump-era COVID-19 rule allowing border officials to speedily deport most migrants. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has acknowledged that ending the rule will only exacerbate the ongoing surge. It's just so sad that the Democrats get such huge support from black Americans when the Democrats don't do anything except stoke racial division and destroy black neighborhoods and cities. One of the major problems we still see, and you don't see it nearly as much in the Hispanic community, is the incredible amount of pressure that is brought down from the media, Hollywood, liberal elites, and others whenever someone black is a conservative. These leftists go on the attack and make that person feel as if they've betrayed their friends, family, neighbors, and the entire planet. It's pathetic what the left does. And as we are seeing in the polling among Hispanics, they have broken free from that pressure, and I hope we see it in other communities as well. Okay, so we've seen the Biden team's deer-in-the-headlights responses to rising gas prices. We covered Twitter going after disinformation, and we have Biden sinking in the polls. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call, like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. So first, we need to cover the incredible breakthrough that occurred this week as it pertains to who can actually participate in the abortion debate. This week, during testimony before the House Judiciary Committee, the executive director for the abortion group Avow Texas, Amy Arambide, was asked whether men can have abortions. This nonsensical question has new weight because the woke left has gone out of their way to get rid of women to promote birthing persons, or people who give birth. As much as the left say they support women's rights, they sure are pushing strongly to replace women with women and men. So, back to the testimony. Check out Aaron Bide's response when asked about women, birth, and abortions. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Um, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. What can you even say to something like that? But here's the thing. Within the abortion debate, the radical left loves to say that men have no say. They shouldn't be involved in what is going on in a woman's body. Well, now men can give birth. Men can have abortions. So it's only appropriate, based on the standards of the left, that men can engage in the debate now, too. And then we have Democrat Representative Joyce Beatty, who was so eager to play the race card, she skipped one important fact. Biden, the Democrats and the media are jumping all over the recent shooting in Buffalo because a suspect is a white supremacist. They all, of course, ignore similar stories if the shooter is not white. Well, Beatty was giving a speech with Nancy Pelosi in attendance, and she railed on the Buffalo shooting and then added this. On Monday, three people in Korean-owned hair salons in Dallas were guns by yet another white supremacy replacement theorist. We are seeing 
the pipeline from racist rhetoric to racist violence. Another shooting by some racist white supremacists. Just one problem. Here's the shooting suspect, Jeremy Smith. But see, I guess if men can give birth, then in left-wing circles, maybe Jeremy Smith can be a white supremacist. Who knows? And then we have these breaking headlines from the Babylon Bee. First, there's the monkeypox outbreak and some words of wisdom from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci recommends stopping spread of monkeypox by covering ears, eyes, and mouth. And then there's Elon Musk, who took some time away from Twitter to focus on Tesla. Elon Musk replaces horn sound on all Teslas with Let's Go Brandon. Can you imagine? I may have to get that one from my car. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Monday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.